Good morning, Graceway. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, and this is Enoch from the Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. We'll be picking off where we left off yesterday, with verses 9 through 13 of the first chapter of Mark. So after introducing John, we encounter Jesus for the first time. If you want to follow along, we'll be roughly following the English Standard Version of the Bible. Let's begin. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being ripped apart and a spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And at once the spirit cast him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. This section has probably some of my absolute favorite verses in Mark. I mean, for one, there's in verse 10, heaven being ripped apart, torn open. Um, It's actually one of the things that makes Mark really unique among the Gospels. The other Gospels who mention this just have heaven opening apart, but Mark has it really violent almost right um he's probably picking up if you were with us on sunday on isaiah 64 um this amazing amazing prayer um, one of my favorite in the bible um that god would come down rend the heavens rip them apart that he would come down and make himself known to the whole world um and it just is this wonderful god uh wonderful prayer emphasizing that like there's no other god like god who acts on behalf of those who wait for him um there's also in verse 11 um you are my son um it's sort of reminiscent of psalms 2 uh, this absolutely badass psalm um you have the nations rebelling sort of scheming planning trying to do something you know grumbling and then you have the messianic king sitting on the throne laughing disciplining the the nations with an iron rod. Right. Um, but today we'll be focusing a little bit on verses 12 and 13, which is talking about Jesus in the wilderness. So the wilderness, 40 days, this picks up on Israel's journey through the wilderness for 40 years. Um, you see this in Numbers, especially um, back in the Pentateuch. Um, but the one verse I really focus on is verse 13. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. Like, wow, animals, what the heck, that's such a random detail. That's what I, I was so obsessed with this because I was kind of like, why, why is, why does Mark mention that he's with the wild animals? This is such a weird detail, right? No one else really talks about this. Um, and I wondered about this for a long time until one day, uh, once I had finally learned Greek, I went into my Greek dictionary search and basically realized that the word for, and just did a search on uh, the word for wild animals. And it turns out one of the things that pops up is Daniel 7. And so I'm, I'm convinced this is what Mark is picking up on. Um, so if you know anything about Daniel, it's pretty much like two halves um, to the book. The first halves are the stories that most people know about. You know, Daniel's in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. Uh, the second half is the part that people may not know as much about, 
unless you're obsessed with Revelation or something. Um, it's basically lots of crazy dreams and visions. And so chapter 7 of Daniel is one of these crazy dreams. So Daniel has this crazy dream. And in this crazy dream, there are four terrifying beasts. There's like a lion with the wings of an eagle and the feet of a human. There's this bear with like meat in his mouth or with ribs. You know, and he's sort of like supposed to consume stuff. Um, there's a leopard with wings. And there's this fourth beast that's just so terrifying and frightening and powerful that there's actually no description of it, apart from the fact that it has ten horns. Um, so there's these wild beasts. Uh, but then the vision doesn't end there. And what happens next is really important. So let me read verses 13 and 14 of Daniel 7 for you. It might sound a little familiar. Um, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages shall serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So, wow, right? In the midst of these wild beasts, there's this human being, one like the Son of Man, right? who receives dominion and glory and an everlasting kingdom. And so that's what I think is happening uh, in these verses in Mark. So this otherwise really random detailed use with the wild animals is basically saying, like the human being in the midst of these wild beasts, Jesus is sort of there confronting the enemies of God. So he's, uh, when Later in chapter 7, Daniel gets an interpretation of the vision, and it basically is explained that these beasts represent sort of empires and nations and um, enemies of God's people. And of course, the one like the human being represents Israel. Um, and so what we have is Jesus in the wilderness with these surrounded by these wild animals, sort of symbolizing the sort of demonic forces, these crazy um, enemies of God out there, and he's sort of standing there winning the victory. So I'm sure, you know, that's not at all what I expected. I was like, you know, this little little verse, Jesus heals with the wild animals. Like, what we're seeing here, maybe, right, is an incredible spiritual battle taking place, right? Jesus, on behalf of Israel and humanity, holding the fort against Satan and his wild animals. Right, if we remember, Jesus will be accused of being able to cast out demons by the power of the demons, right? By the power of Beelzebub, the prince of demons, and when he is accused of this, he answers with an analogy. You can't rob the strong man unless you've already defeated and tied him up. When did he defeat and tie up the strong man? I think he, in Mark, it's right here. This is it. The first battle takes place between Jesus and the enemies of God, and he comes out victorious. And as we see, only after this battle, then he goes out and start proclaiming his ministry and proclaiming the good news. We'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. But maybe here we can just take a moment um, to pause a little bit. What battles have you fought? Which ones might you still be fighting? I think the thing that it's easy to forget um, and overlook is nowadays we have such an influence, uh, such an emphasis on 
the cross and the resurrection as the sort of final victory of God. And that is definitely true. But here in Mark, we're seeing here just the preliminary battle, the first battle, the battle that allows Jesus to go out and start saying that the kingdom of God is here. And it's after that that he gains the confidence, maybe, right? Or he gains the authority, you know, as the Daniel 7. It's after the Son of Man ascends to the throne of heaven that he's um, given dominion and power and a kingdom. And elsewhere in Mark, we'll hear about Jesus responding to challenges and authority by saying, the Son of Man has authority. So he identifies as the Son of Man. Um, but thinking about this now, what other battles that you're fighting now, um, other ones that have you fought and won, um, I, I'd love to hear if you have any. <laughs> like, you know, call in, huh? Um, but this is just one of the things that I'm convinced this passage about, and I think it's really sort of amazing thing that it's hard to notice unless you're paying attention to the way that the New Testament authors are picking up on themes in the Old Testament. Um, so that's it for today, uh, but be sure to join us next time for more from the Gospel of Mark. So this is Enoch signing out.